interests in health and well-being with different perspectives to bring you a variety of tips and tricks for feeling your best and living a full, healthy life. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Happy Monday. Um, Today, I have some really awesome guests on. I have the founders of Array Wellness Products. Nish and Sif are here, and I'm so excited to talk to them. We had dinner recently, um, and it was just so lovely, but I feel like they were so interested in getting to know us that I didn't get a chance to get to know them. So this was a great opportunity to do that, uh, and I'm really excited because Array products are my absolute favorite. My desk is covered. I use them every single day. The bloat capsules, I think I found them originally from Melissa Wood Health, perhaps, and now I know Ariel Lori, who I absolutely adore, is a huge fan. So I know I'm doing something right, but I will tell you the bloat pills are the best things ever. Um, I had yesterday, we had um, a going away party for my CEO in the office and there was vegan pizza. There were churros with ice cream. Um, there were sidecar donuts. I don't even like donuts and they were the best donuts I ever had. So I don't normally eat those things, but when they're there and they just look so amazing, I do. And my stomach was not happy about it. So I popped two blow pills right after. And then when I got home and I feel so much better. So thank you, Array, for that. (laughs) Um, But we went into manifestation. We went into morning routine. You know, I love a morning routine and Sif has an amazing morning routine. She's always posting reels on Instagram that like a great morning routine, but also look really cool and are aesthetically pleasing. So I like watching her reels. You should check them out. Um, and obviously we talked about the products. Um, there is array bloat capsules. There's also calm capsules, which I'm loving. Um, they have L-theanine in them, which is very relaxing. And there's magnesium, which is really relaxing too. So I like to take those actually with my coffee because I feel like it helps balance it out. So I don't get like the jittery anxiousness of my coffee when I pair it with the L-theanine and the magnesium. And I also don't get sleepy from those capsules because I have it with the caffeine in my coffee. So it's like a win-win. So anyway, make sure you head over to array.co on Instagram and get some for yourself too. So here we go. Um, Nish and Sif from Array. All right. So we are going to get right into it because I have so many questions for you guys. Um, We had dinner recently, which was amazing. I had such a good time. And I feel like um, I I didn't even like I could have spent like four hours with you guys just picking your brains. (laughs) It was so fun. It was also such a good group, like good vibes. We had so much fun. Yeah, I'm actually I've, I've kept in touch with a few of the girls who were at the dinner. So that was actually a really nice way to connect with new people, too. Um. So I am so curious, first and foremost, what was the catalyst to creating the bloat capsules? So that's like your hero product. I've got three jars on my desk because I take them every (laughs) single day. (laughs) I am obsessed. Um, But usually I hear about stories and it's usually like there was some kind of, um, you know, health concern, some kind of personal purpose for creating a product that then so many other people also, you know, are trying to, to solve on their own too. So what was the catalyst behind the brand and behind creating the bloat capsules? So I struggled with health issues for a very long time. And, um, 
long story short, like I was just kind of on this hamster wheel of getting sick, antibiotics, getting sick again, like et cetera, et cetera. And um, when I was in my early twenties, I actually ended up fracturing a rib from a chronic cough. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. And so when I went to my doctor, they just prescribed me codeine and to me at like 23, I was like, this doesn't seem like the, the right thing to do as like a long-term solution. And so I just decided that I really wanted to look into holistic wellness. And back then, holistic wellness, like, you know, just wellness in general was not the industry that it is today. It was very crunchy granola, kind of like weird, but I really just wanted to research anything I could get my hands on because I had a feeling I'd at least get answers that I wasn't getting up until that point. And so that was kind of my segue into holistic wellness. And as I started to research and like, kind of like integrate herbs, minerals, um, vitamins into my routine, I kind of became obsessed because I started to see huge shifts in my own system. I kind of had this apothecary at home. Nish hated me. He was, you know, there was, <laughs> it was too much stuff. <laughs> it was really funny, but also the thing is that Sif came uh, from a beauty background and oh, in that world, well, because she was uh, a blogger, influencer, writer, and all those in the, in the beauty realm first. And so even for me, I was introduced to a lot of her beauty products just because we had so much in the home. We had all these gifts and whatnot. And it was amazing. And so in the beauty world, it was really interesting because you could really use a product you wanted for a very specific problem. You would know the dermatologist behind it. They would actually work. And that's why the world kind of became obsessed with um, skincare or beauty as an example, right? Both of those things. But in the wellness world, that really wasn't the, 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 the case. We were still in the world of, you know, white plastic bottles and you didn't know what they were for and how exactly they would help. And so when we were looking at that, in the beauty world, we said, well, why don't we go and create that for ourselves, but in, in the wellness world? Yeah, it, it just, it felt like wellness was a very convoluted um, area for a consumer to navigate. You know, you can go into a Sephora, anyone knows that like, okay, this is for my dark circles, this is for my acne, it's very easy to um, navigate. And we just wanted to bring that same experience to wellness, whereby we wanted to create 100% natural targeted supplements that worked in under an hour. So very results driven, formulated by a naturopathic doctor, um, you know, targeted and easy to understand our products are named like float calm, like you know what it exactly is for. And it's also really beautiful. So people would be excited to integrate it into their routines. Ultimately, we always saw skincare as a parallel to wellness. If you just like take it down to basics, it is really like, you know, you are taking care of the health of your skin, but why is that so exciting? Whereas wellness is not so exciting. We just felt that if skincare was exciting, wellness could also be exciting and just equally impactful. So that's kind of the, um, the, the, I guess the idea behind the brand and the catalyst for it all. Yeah. I love that. And I like how it's so targeted, you know, it's very bloat. I mean, that's it bloat, you know, <laughs> calm, calm. Um, were you dealing with your own kind of bloating issues from the medications you were taking? Like what was it that drew you to bloat specifically? I had a bunch of food sensitivities. I wasn't really like, like not allergies, but like sensitivities, you know, I would be in a lot of pain anytime I had pasta, um, dairy, like, you know, it, it was, it was really like my friends and I, and like literally anyone that Nish and I spoke to kind of all had the same story whereby, oh, like I'll go out for dinner with my friends and I'll have a little bit of pasta. And then I can't continue my night out because I have to come home because my stomach hurts, you know, or like, whatever it is, whereby we just saw this like pattern of 
bloating and digestive discomfort and anxiety as well because we launched float and come together those and were we launched the, the uh, we launched the products in in march when the world shut down because of covid and so when that happened everybody was literally anxious and and mm -hmm. they were also eating or picking out a lot so there was a lot of kind of ordering food in and so everyone is always bloated everyone is very anxious and so when we we're kind of launching our products we were looking at this happening in real time and even more exasperated than ever before and on top of that we were kind of talking to our matchback doctor when we were kind of creating the products and saying okay these are the two products we're thinking about what do you think and what's really crazy is that bloating and anxiety actually go hand in hand like these are the two things that i mean we, we a lot of educated people know about this it's just like they literally go um together um one is a viral loop that causes the other one to get even worse and worse. And so it just made so much sense for us to kind of create those products together. Yeah, so it was like personal experience, but when we triangulated it based on what other people were saying, it was like everyone kind of had the same experience with bloating and anxiety. And doctors, they said that, okay, like these are two really common issues that specifically women suffer with like most and they're linked. So it just kind of made sense to launch both of them. Yeah, it's so true. And I think to your point, so many people don't realize that stress and anxiety or lack of sleep, like all those things lead to bloat almost yeah. as much, if not more than food and food sensitivities. Like I know personally I'll get bloated, you know, mostly healthy foods bloat me. So like gotcha. kimchi, kombucha, you know, the things that I'm going to eat anyway, maybe a big salad, I'll get bloated from some things like that. And I pop two capsules and I'm good to go. But even more so like the days I have to go to the office or I have a big meeting or something, or I don't get enough sleep because my son was like on top of me in the bed. Like those are the days that I can't button my pants, you know? So it's oh, like, yeah. it's so yeah, crazy. The, it's stress like, and, and the stress and the digestive issues are like, they're crazy. I mean, I remember even when I was in university, my friends would be like, oh, like I've been up all night studying for this exam. And like today, like my stomach feels like shit. So like, even back then, we didn't even understand why that would happen. But like, I recollect stories of college when like, you know, my friends and I would be talking about like, how the two things are so linked and like even sleep as well, bring that into it too. Because again, like sleep is like one of these like pillars of well-being. So it's, it's really interesting that like, it, it, it happens. There's real life experiences, but maybe people just don't make the link, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you did that for us because now you have the calm capsules. <laughs> exactly. So I want to talk about calm as well. And, you know, there was something, I forget if it was your blog or a text that I got, which by the way, I love the little text that I get daily okay. every other day. Um, but rest and digest. That's so, so important. Can you kind of explain the theory behind that and why you paired calm with bloat? Go ahead, go ahead. Um, so as, as we were saying, like, you know, there's definitely a link between both anxiety and digestion. So essentially when you're anxious, your body goes into fight or flight mode, which means that digestion slows down, which means that you're not really absorbing the micronutrients of your food. Like you should be, it's just no good for your digestion. Similarly, when we're having digestive discomfort, it leads to a lot of kind of mental turmoil as well. You know, you're constantly ruminating on it. It's taking up a lot of mental real estate. It's causing stress. And so we, like this has been a core messaging for us, you know, the importance of holistically looking into both. And so um, we decided to uh, create the rest and digest kit where we paired calm and bloat together just to give people everything they needed to kind of look after those two very large facets of their lives. Yeah, amazing.
Yeah, I think that one of the most important things when we when we launched it, we knew about this. But the thing is that I don't think a lot of people realized how much of a hand they play together. And so what would happen is that people would be, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm blowed out, I'll take the blow capsules, and they work really great. But then some people started adding the calm capsules to that routine, um, actually within two hours of taking the blow capsules. And that's how you see really optimal effects, because that's when you kind of reducing your cortisol and then your digestive system gets better because your body can really only focus on sending all of this energy to do something um, to one place at a time. That's uh, as opposed to, you know, taking care of the digestion and also taking care of your anxiety and stress. So that's why taking them together is actually the best way to, to have them. And I think that the, when we actually said, oh, this is your rest and digest kit, like that's when it kind of really clicked for a lot of the customers. Like, oh, that's how you're supposed to take it. So I think it was uh, um, it was a really good way of kind of explaining why we came with the products together. Um, but yeah. Oh, I love that. I've never taken them together. So do you recommend doing like two and two or one and one? How do you take them? So, I mean, our whole thing is like, everyone's so different. Right. And so like dosing is really dependent on every individual and also which circumstance they're in. So with bloat, we say, you know, take two, if you've had a bowl of like a, like a salad with some beans, take three, if you've had a bowl of pasta and take four, if you know, you're slipping into a food coma of sorts. Um, <laughs> Similarly with calm, it's like take one if your coworker is kind of annoying you, take two if there's like family drama and take three if your life is like the episode of, a, of The Bachelorette, you know? So it, it, it's like, okay, like you, you take your pick. So for me personally, um, I take bloat usually after my heaviest meal or if I know I'm going to have a heavy meal, I typically take three. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I feel like I need more and that's kind of where I land. If I'm traveling and like, you know, my body's in like a completely new space and dealing with like different time zones, like new cuisine, then I'll take four. Um, Calm, I typically take two. We know customers who do really well with one as well. So it really is finding your sweet spot basically. Yeah, but usually when taking them together, I would suggest uh, the best place is like kind of at night because you want to um, get a restful sleep. So you really want to calm down. You maybe had a, let's say a larger dinner that's kind of the best time to take it. Or, you know, if you're out for a really big lunch and also let's say you're in the middle of your work day with a large meeting. So it's usually that um, within, it's about within an hour of each other. So bloat and calm together, big lunch, and then like, let's say a super stressful day or big dinner. And also you're trying to just calm down at night, big dinner or not. Let's say even if you have veggies and you're feeling bloated, but within an hour, either at night or in lunch, that works really well. Amazing. And I think calm too is like really good for the Sunday scaries. And everyone's like, oh, totally. tomorrow. it's like L-theanine, nature and Xanax, pop some, feel better. <laughs> Seriously, I even honestly, like I am obsessed with Calm. Like bloat is really like, you know, the superstar product and everyone knows about it. But Calm is like my secret weapon. Like I cannot go into meetings or like really just like any public speaking situation without calm like I do like I I do like better as a human when I have calm like I have it every single morning I love that so let's talk about the ingredients so bloat the ingredients are amazing because I used to do this individually in tea bags so now we've got everything in one little capsule which is so convenient um so you've got organic dandelion root extract um peppermint leaf bromelain which is from pineapple correct Mm -hmm. and slippery elm bark extract how do those ingredients impact bloat and reduce bloat so i think when it comes to bloat there's a lot of different reasons why you can be bloated 
So for example, you could have slow transit times, you could have a buildup of gas, you could have a lack of enzymes to kind of help break down the food. And so we went ahead and looked at all the different reasons for why you could be feeling bloated. And then we go in and found certain ingredients that kind of help with every single one of those problems. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at the your digestive system holistically, there's about five or six really main reasons why you should be getting bloated. Some of them I just talked about. And we said, well, why don't we use like fewer ingredients, but mm-hmm. higher doses of them so we can kind of try and really target those issues and help kind of fix them when you're really feeling it. And so the whole idea behind our products is that we wanted them to work in under an hour. We really wanted them to be fast acting so you actually feel the effects of them. And in order to do so, you want the right dosage for it to be effective enough to actually tackle the problem you're having and then you know get rid of that quickly, essentially. And so that's why we said, okay, fewer ingredients, uh, let's, t- let's take a look at what's really going on and then target those issues. And holistically, that should really able to take care of that kind of feeling you feel of that, of that bloated, uh, the, the feeling that's bloated and then get rid of it quickly. Amazing. And they do work quickly. Like I, it's, it's almost unbelievable sometimes. I'm like, there's nothing, honestly, there's nothing that I've used that I've stuck with bottle after bottle after bottle. Like I keep reordering, refilling. I take it when I travel. Like it's the only thing that I've taken that actually makes a difference. So nice to hear. And honestly, like, I know it sounds biased because I'm the founder, but trust me, like I am a consumer first and foremost, before everything, you know, and I always say that, like, I would never be someone who wanted to start a business just to like start a business, you know, it was like, I'm like very purpose driven. And like, as soon as we had tried, like even the first version of bloat, it was actually like Nish and I had gone out for date night. And I remember coming back home, like, just like dying, you know, we'd had Italian food and I'd had pasta and pizza. And I was like, I like, we had to Uber home, even though that restaurant was a 15 minute walk from our place. I was like, get me in the car at home, like immediately. And so we tried V1 of bloat and we were like blown away, like literally like 15 minutes after I had, it was like a powder form, the first version. And I remember having, and I was like, oh my God, like when we give this to other people, it's going to change lives. Like it's going to change people's lives completely. So, you know, it's always nice to chat with other people who kind of resonate, like that resonates with them and that like, it's a product that works. So yeah, long story short, very happy that you like it. (laughs) Yeah. I've had those nights too, where I've come home and I'm like, I just need to lay on my bed and take all my clothes off and not move. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like, you know, no chance for the date night to continue. It's like lay down. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's why even more reason why you need blow to keep your relationship strong. (laughs) You know it. And so in calm, we've got magnesium, which is amazing. And then L-theanine and passion flower. How did you guys decide on those three ingredients? Um, we also have, um, what is it? Inositol. Inositol, yeah. Um, so that's four ingredients. And the reason we um, decided on those four ingredients is same thing that like we really just wanted to ensure that we were targeting um, all different symptoms of anxiety from like feelings of panic to jitteriness, um, feeling of like butterflies. And each of those ingredients does exactly that. Like they target different things, you know, and in combination, it really is an incredible formula. Also, we wanted to create something that would not make people drowsy. So you can take it before bed and it'll make sure that you're like feeling like restful. So you can actually 
sleep and, you know, not wake up like jittery and like panicked. Mm -hmm. Um, However, we wanted to make something that people could also take during the day. Like I run really anxious during the day and I needed something to help me, you know, as I was going into meetings, like as I was tackling like really, really busy days. And so each of those ingredients, they're really special because um, they are calming, but they also help you like with alertness or like creativity when you are going into like your day-to-day tasks as well. So L-theanine is a great example, um, depending on the blend in which it's used. It's also used in a lot of energy kind of um, products as well, because it does help with concentration. So it really is a special blend. And, you know, we really wanted to make sure that it was a well-rounded product. So similar to bloat, it was, that was kind of the philosophy between behind each ingredient as well. Yeah. I love it. Amazing. That's great. And I think it's like that. I love that calm focus that you can get like you were saying from l-theanine where totally not like energy like jittery energy like you just drank like a red bull or something but it's like that calm ability to focus like i'll take calm and then i'll put on binaural beats and i get more done than ever yeah for focus two calm capsules and i get done like the three things i was procrastinating off my list (laughs) I love that. Okay. I'm totally going to try binaural beats. I've been hearing a lot about it, but I'm going to now use it myself Pair it with calm, you know, <laughs> never, never fails. Like I will have things I cross off and I move it to the next day, the next day, the next day. And I'm like, all right, I work best under pressure. Today's the last day. Like I have to get this shit done. I put on binaural beats for focus to calm. And then every single time I'm like, holy shit, I did it. I got all my work done. I love it. (laughs) I tell everybody, I tell everybody, dude, just do it and thank me later. (laughs) I will Um, be thanking you later. Awesome. So what were you guys, what were your lives like before ERA? So I want to talk to you about like working with someone that you're close to. I'm sure you get this question a lot. Nish, I, I understand that you were kind of in the tech industry before and say if I didn't know this, but you were in the beauty world, influencer and blogger, which is really exciting. Um, what was life like before and how has it changed? So like Sif and I, we used to work in completely different worlds before we were working in this company together. The thing is that we've known each other for a like, very long time. We've known each other for about 10 years now. No, no, 12 years. 12 years. We've, yeah. known for about, we've been uh, dating for t- just over 10 years now. Yeah. So mm. we've been together for a very long time. And then throughout that period of time, uh, we come from a very different background. So for example, myself, like I'm an engineer by trade and then I became a software engineer. And then I, you know, I, like I'm good at math and engineering. That's really my background. And then I became a technologist by learning how to code and whatnot. And that was always a world. And I really enjoyed that. And I loved doing that. And in that world, building companies and building startups was always a, a really fun and exciting thing to do. And so for me, that's kind of what I always wanted to do. And then Sif came from a very creative world. Like she was an influencer, blogger, writer. Like I was the first one to help her take her first photos for Instagram when, you know, influencing was a, was a big deal. And so that's really where these worlds started. But the problem was that because it was so different, it was really hard to um, work together on certain things. So for example, you know, for Sif, she had to travel a lot for work or she had to just do her thing in a very different realm. And then for me, for example, I was working in the oil sands at one point in time. I was working over in India at one point in time. And then I was working on my startup, which is very different. And so for us, in order to kind of uh, work together, we had to work on an idea together. So I think Sif and I eventually said that at some point in time, we should really think of something that we can work on together. We have no idea what it will be, 
but yeah and also i like you know nish and i have very complementary skill sets so i'd always known that if i were ever to start a business i would need either to poach nish or like clone him you know because i like just like seeing how he worked it's like his mind works in a completely different way so you know uh, like it's really been a blessing to be able to work together because I feel like it's strengthened our relationship. Um, and it's given each other like a new kind of respect as well, because Nish is able to do so many things that I just can't even wrap my head around. Like sometimes he'll ask me for something that's so simple for him. And I'm like, wait, 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 what do you mean? Because it's like maybe a little bit more technical or like more data driven. Whereas like those things come so naturally to him. And I'm, I'm sure it's like the other way around as well, whereby like, you know, I'm good with the creative aspect and I'm able to think of ideas really quickly. And like, I don't know, like think of certain things that perhaps he wouldn't be able to think of, you know? So it's been really fun to work together. Yeah. And I think that when we were working, when we were thinking about this, I think that we knew that we wanted to work together, but uh, we didn't know what it was. And I think one of my favorite kind of quotes um, I've heard, I actually forget who it's from exactly, but essentially this idea that really great things are actually born when you take two very, very different things and make them have sex with each other. So if you think of an example, for example, you actually look at something like design and like you become really, really good at design and you become really, really good at engineering and you put them together and that's where uh, you came up with a product like the iPhone. Um, it was truly um, the coming together of such a different world, you know what I mean? And the same thing goes for even something as uh, cool as um, the, the Tesla electric vehicle. It's really putting together the innovation of engineering behind um, the electrical uh, vehicle and mechanical component of that. And then you bring it together with, with the design of the car itself, which is so cool. And so the idea here, even with Ed Array, is like you bring together from SIF side, the creativity and the actual passion behind the health and then making people's lives better. And then you put that together with um, really trying to help people from an engineering point of view and growing a business from an um, engineering point of focus. It's just two very, very different worlds, thinking in different ways bring it together. And that's where you come up with really cool products. And so that's why we were so excited to work together. And I'm glad that we worked out this way. But yeah. Yeah. Also, the one more thing that I'll say regarding this is like when someone um, thinks to work with someone close or like start a business with a co-founder, you want to ensure that you are like kind of covering a wide variety of things so that because if you bootstrap like Nish and I did, um, it's a while before you can make hires, right? And so it really worked out to our advantage that we were able to cover such a wide breadth of things because we were so different. If Nish and I were, um, you know, good at the same things, I think it would, you know, cause some friction, but also we'd be really limited in terms of how much we could achieve. We were able to move really quickly just because of our breadth of expertise. That makes sense. You're really lucky in that way. Some people may think, you know, that must be challenging, but to your point, if you had two creatives in a room together, the business side wouldn't be as strong as it probably is now. So I love that. So that was such a, a good kind of analogy niche where, you know, you're thinking of the iPhone, it's design and functionality and the Tesla, again, something beautiful that also, you know, pushes the boundaries in terms of the tech side of it. That's really, that makes a lot of sense. I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, I love that. Why well, aren't you guys so lucky? <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love it. Do you ever like butt heads or is it like you're just kind of operating in such different areas that it doesn't happen? I think butting heads, it's really, uh, I think it's the way you think about it. I think yeah. that butting heads is a natural part of um, anything you do. And butting heads is maybe the wrong 
word to use is just like there's certain conflicts that you have to overcome really that's what that's more so what it's about that's the way we think about it there's Nish and I operate like two different parts of the business but for example like we come to each other for like um uh kind of like big decisions right and yes like sometimes there will be like long-winded debates based on like okay like maybe I think we should do this one initiative and Nish thinks we shouldn't do it you know and so it's really like going back and forth at the end of the day the person who's like responsible for that area of the business has veto power, but we don't really do that. Like we usually come to a decision that um, like we've thought long and hard about. And, you know, even if like I, for example, think something is a really good idea and then Nish will be like, no, well, I think this, okay. Like at the beginning, it's like, oh my God, like why, like it's so annoying that he thinks like he doesn't understand, but because Nish thinks differently than I do, like now I've realized like after some time that like, you know, what he's saying, it's like, maybe I've not thought of it in that way, because my mind doesn't go there. So um, yeah, like there's like debate for sure. But it's never like, it's never in a in a bad way, you know, like, it's very respectful. And because we each head up different parts of the business, um, we each have like, veto power at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I think at this point in time, what I've come to realize is that there's no such thing as uh, a right or wrong um, decision yeah. is really come down to what is the best decision possible. Mm -hmm. And I find that the best decisions actually come from really intense debate. Yes. And so right now, the like, when there is a debate or a conflict or an argument, the question becomes, is this where we want to spend that energy? Because is this the is this a decision that we can make quickly? And then, you know, even if it goes wrong, is it the end of the world? Or is it something that we should really spend a lot of time on? And if it is one that we should spend time on, then it actually is really important that there's a lot of debate, there's a lot of discussion, there's a lot of disagreement with it so that you come to the, the best answer possible. And, and so, yeah. And sometimes also something we do is like, uh, we sometimes involve each of like the leads in our teams as well. Like if Nish and I aren't able to um, come to like a conclusion we are very open to getting like a third perspective from like one of the team leads who we really respect from either of our teams basically and we actually often do that right like we'll bring them in a lot yeah I think it's really important just because there's certain things where um, no matter how much you think you know you kind of want to triangulate every every decision you're making so not every sorry not everyone the big ones you're making yeah and so whenever there's a really big decision you want to kind of bounce it off of three people who you think will provide value in those areas. And so obviously there's certain team members we've hired who we know are better than us at certain things. Then yeah. we have, you know, mentors who might be better at certain things. And we have investors or other entrepreneurs that we can kind of bounce ideas off of. So there's certain things where we will debate a lot. Then we say, okay, let's quickly go and ask three people that we trust for their opinions. And then we'll go make the decision at the end of the day. But that's how we really are thinking of uh, debates or like conflicts um, in general nowadays, even even in our personal lives. Like this actually applies to both business and personal lives. I was going to say that that's a good life lesson as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like this is this is how we, we really think through things like, OK, um, let's say we're fighting about something. Is this the fight that we want to worth spending um, time on? Because is it actually going to make certain things better? And like a really quick and easy example of this is something like, washing the dishes or being a, a dirty person. So for example, like 
for myself, like Sif and I are actually neither one of us are very messy or dirty. However, like there's certain traits, like I don't know, you know, leaving um, like recycling on, on the floor as an example. I'm just pointing at something I'm seeing right now. Yeah. Or for example, not doing the dishes um, fast enough as an example, right? And so these are things that really used to annoy us pre pre array as an example, but now it's kind of like, okay, um, that is actually not really worth spending time on at all because it is so easy to fix this by either getting some additional help or um, you know, putting in a system where you can clean these certain things faster. It is just not worth the time in the big scheme of things to spend your energy on. However, um, let's think about maybe travel and how often we want to travel given how busy our lives are. Um, do we want to be traveling once every four months or once every six months? And if for me, like I, I like to you know, stay put, be in a routine a little bit more. So I, I don't actually like to be going to Italy every couple of months, but Sif really loves that. Sif loves traveling like as every moment she can get. I, I don't like traveling every six weeks. Like it drives me nuts to a certain yeah. extent, but I'm like, but you know what? Um, when I look in retrospect, I have loved when we've done this and I've loved um, all the travels you've done. So even though it's something I actually don't enjoy doing, I will do it because my life is so much better because of it. And when I look at it back in time, it's only ever had it, had positive things as opposed to negative things. And that's worth talking about. So this is, I think approaching it in this way is a really fun way to live personal and professional lives. It just makes, makes it better. I love that. So I think what I've heard is prioritizing, you know, you're always working towards the same goal, which is the best resolution and you've taken ego out of it. So you come from a very respectful, place where you're not just trying to be right you're trying to really take it to the next level like the debate is not to prove a point it's to take it a step further and you're yeah. both kind of focused on that goal as a whole that's yeah. a really good point yeah. yeah and I think like sometimes both this is like both in a personal and a professional capacity I think that we come at things thinking that we know everything but if you just leave that aside and you're like okay, no, like maybe you are right. Like even if I am the expert at something or I think I know best, it's really constructive to like truly take time to listen to the other person. And maybe like, even if you're the first instinct is like, ah, you know, but then you're like, okay, no, like let me just really think about this critically. You'll be surprised. Like I I've been surprised at like, you know, certain decisions we've come to based on something that Nish has said. And like, for me, even though I come from, perhaps like I, we started off where I was like, absolutely not. Like I'm here and he's here. Sometimes he makes a point and I'm like, no, wait, like that is actually really valid. And I should listen to that like more than, oh, like I really want to do this. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Again, like business and life. I think that's just such a great mindset to have. That kind of leads me into my next question. I'm curious as somebody who's also works in human resources and, um, Last time we spoke, Nish, you had mentioned that you guys have 11 employees. How do you bring that to the culture of your business? What is the culture like and how do you cultivate that? Yeah, I think that's really interesting because I've worked at a lot of companies and it's really unfortunate, but I would say most of the companies I've worked at, uh, it was crazy certain ways certain people got treated. And, you know, it was really inconsistent. Like the the, the world and a lot of these companies out there don't necessarily treat their employees in, 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 in the way that you, you'd want to be treated. Yeah. And there's a lot of companies that treat them really well, but I think the majority of the situation, especially when you're looking at corporate America, is, is not the way that you want to be treated. And so one of the reasons why I started Array was 
really to change that and to change the way that we think about people are treated in companies. I think that was like, honestly, one of my biggest motivations just because yeah. of um, the kind of world I've lived in. Because I, I, I have been a nine to five employee my whole life ever since I um, kind of worked um, here at Ray. And so some things that I really loved um, and my existing companies was that I loved working really hard. I loved the recognition. I loved a lot of opportunity. And I found that this happened specifically at startups. I think that startups really give you opportunity that you would never ever get. So I think that one thing for me that was really important is that I don't um, look at people's experiences as much I look at their capabilities and abilities. And so, you know, a lot of things to notice, especially in larger companies is that it really matters how old you are, how, yeah. how much experience you have yeah. um, and your, um, your, your uh, kind of uh, which, which university you went to, et cetera, et cetera. And so those things really hold a lot of value in this world. And I actually completely believe the opposite. In fact, yeah. I'm out here trying uh, to get a lot of employees to kind of quit school. Um, and just drop out and work full time at Ray. Now we only have about two of those, but um, that's the thing. In fact, two of our first employees were people who were in school and now they head up operations and customer support for the company. Um, and this is with you know over a million balls sold at this point. So this is some pretty large operations mm -hmm. that these people who are 21 years older kind of um, operating at is, 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 is absolutely incredible. And second thing is that we also like to pay them for the work they're doing. So we have, you know, 20, 21 year olds making the equivalent amount of money that someone would be doing the same job, even if they're 30 years old. Mm -hmm. And so that is kind of something I really enjoy about the company as well, just from a culture perspective. And yeah, yeah so we, we like to also give people autonomy, you know, like I think that it's really quite toxic to police people in terms of like, oh, you must, you know, be on your computer till 5 p.m. and then you can log out or like, you know, uh, why didn't you report these many vacation days? Like we, we like to give people autonomy. We are very selective about who we hire. And, you know, when we hire someone, we don't see them as like in and out. And so I think that like having certain work conditions, like it, it really is about evaluating what kind of place you would want to work in. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be told like, what time am I supposed to come in? What time, as long as I'm getting my work done, as long as I'm there for my team meetings and, yeah. you know, ensuring that I'm there in a collaborative setting, like going above and beyond. Why, why does, you know, my employer care if I logged out at three, you know, maybe I work best from six to three, you know what I mean? Like, it's just about getting your work done. So um, we don't really care about like that kind of stuff. We, we just, assume that our team is going to take responsibility for themselves and treat array like it's their thing as well and um that's exactly what we've seen that like we we treat people like adults and give them a lot of autonomy and they treat array like it's their own business as well i mean you know at the end of the day if the company is successful they are going to be successful in their career as well and so they they know how valuable their um i guess like their effort is if that makes sense yeah and when you i think when you hire the right people, you don't have to micromanage them. You know, you hire them for a reason. You hire them to fill that gap in skill set, like you were saying that you and Nish are very complementary in skill set. That extends throughout the rest of your business, and you're hiring to fill those those holes. So then you expect that you don't have to micromanage those people. So it sounds like you guys have done a really good job at that. 
Yeah, I, I'm honestly, quite frankly speaking, I'm not a good micromanager. Um, you know, I've I, like I was a solopreneur for a very, very long time. Yeah. You know, I just had like an assistant and some contractors that I worked with. So I've only ever like worked in like very small settings. And so um, I, I, I rely on my team to be able to take care of themselves and like know the right decisions to make like they don't need to come to me for like the smallest things like they can make those decisions and I can't imagine a job being particularly exciting if you have to run every small decision by your boss like I've I've been there like you know um prior to being a solopreneur like I'd been in those positions and I never found them enjoyable I always felt like I was being treated like an idiot and I knew I wasn't an idiot you know yeah absolutely I think that's so important and I see that shift these days which is really nice what um what will the team dynamic look like when you shift to living in LA well actually the team is quite remote to begin with yeah. we don't even have an office right now and even though we've been spending a lot of time in LA um there are certain employees that come over to work with us in person yeah. um every now and then but it's really interesting because I think that there's certain phase shifts in the company. So when you have 10 people is totally different than when you have 20, 30, 40 people than when you have, let's say a hundred people. And right now, this is such a special time in the company because it's never going to be like this again, where we know everybody so well. And in fact, the company is so small and it's so tight knit that certain, some of our employees actually fly from New York and Toronto to spend you know months in LA with us um, in, in close uh, proximity, just kind of learning the ropes and working together, brainstorming all the time. So for example, last summer, one of our very first employees, we were all living together. We were all living in an Airbnb together. <laughs> like we had multiple bedrooms and it was, it was really crazy. But I think that these are certain times where it's really fun, it's, it's amazing. But obviously as things grow, um, I think what's gonna happen is we'll have some people in LA, we'll have a bunch of people that are obviously remote, but I, I'm really excited to bring the entire team together. So this summer, we have a retreat. Where where's the retreat, sis? Uh, just outside of LA in Temecula. Oh, nice! Oh, that's so exciting. As a retreat in Temecula, everyone's uh, being flown down to LA. We'll do a little, you know, wine tour, dinners, all this kind of stuff. Um, ten people. So, uh, I I really hope to continue to do that kind of stuff as the as the company grows. But uh, we'll see. It's it's been so much fun so far. Yeah, I think. Um, probably like how we see it going is like it'll always be remote to some degree and we know when we have an office it'll probably be like optional for people to come in but um right now everyone's remote but everyone's like very very close that's great and that gives you the ability to really reach further when you're filling those roles too like the fact that we're all able to work remotely these days or most of us just makes it so much easier to recruit like the best talent and the best person for that role that's awesome that you guys have been able to do that yeah it's 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 kind of crazy when we're talking remote we're not even talking just america we have people in in amsterdam we have people um like really working remotely all over the place so yeah wow very cool what are you most excited about in moving to la Oh God, honestly, just the access to nature and good weather is like amazing. Like um, when Nish and I are down there in LA, like we go on hikes every weekend. Um, we are in Malibu once a week and just having access to, I don't know, like just having that outdoors. Like I didn't even realize I liked the outdoors until I went to LA and I was like, oh wow, like this hike is only like a 20 minute car ride from my place. Like this is amazing. And so just that kind of stuff is amazing. Um, 
I think like just the overall sentiment in LA is like this interest in wellness. And obviously like for me, that's really exciting because wellness is a core pillar in my life and to have others who are just as excited about it is always awesome, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I grew up moving around every four years. And so I found it so awesome to have a certain culture from a certain country be a part of my life. And then I would always, you know, pick up some of the culture, move to the next place, pick up some of that culture, move to the next place. And it's made me who I am right now. So I, I, I like for example, I grew up in the Middle East. I'm originally Indian. I live in Canada now. And so I love assimilating with different types of people from different countries and really knowing it because I've lived there for, you know, four or five years at a time. Okay. And so I'm excited to now also have more of LA in me. I'm excited to, you know, look the part, go to the gym a lot, um, eat the food. <laughs> I'm excited for the weather. And so I, I just really like going to different places, picking up a part of the culture and then, you know, exposing that culture to everything I know so far. And uh, it's, it's just so much fun. I'm, I'm really excited to move around. I think uh, Canada has been so much fun. We've been here for actually a really long time. Never spent this much time anywhere else in my life, but uh, I'm really excited just to move uh, to LA and just see what it's about. I'm excited for you guys. I moved from the East Coast about eight years ago to LA for much of the same reason that you've you know described, and it has been the best eight years of my life without without yeah. a doubt. So best decision I've ever made. Um, the hikes are incredible. The access to being outdoors pretty much year round. I mean, the fact that I can I know it's go, crazy. Go to I went to Soul Cycle this morning in West Hollywood, or I go to Equinox or Fryman Canyon or Runyon or you know Skull Rock in in Malibu if I have a weekend. Um, it's just never ending. Like there's so many things on my list that in eight years I still haven't gotten to. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. And just like coming from the East Coast, you know, like for us we get good weather five months in a year you yeah. know and so I remember when we were there um this February and like I, there was a heat warning and we were on the beach in Malibu in shorts and we we're like what on earth is going on like there's a snowstorm in Toronto so it's a it just makes you really grateful to wake up and be able to walk outside in sunshine every single day like it's it's crazy I felt like I was high I there's was not so many happy. places in the world you can do that there's really yeah. not many places in the world you can do that and it's insane that they can do that here it changes your whole day like your entire mindset shifts when there's sunshine the minute you wake up like it just changes you it's for the good that's better. Why, yeah like and like that's why like when people move to California they become so spoiled like they can't go anywhere <laughs> else because you have the best weather in the world and like once you get a taste of that it's really hard to go back yes. every time I go back to the east coast I'm always like I hate it here I just hate it here I just can't wait to go home but at least coming home is like the best part of a trip sometimes, you know, yeah. it's the other way around. <laughs> so I want to talk about, that's a good segue actually to morning routine. So I know people talk about morning routine so much to the point that I'm sure there are eye rolls, but it's so imperative to not only the rest of your day, but the rest of your week, month, and ultimately what makes up your entire life, right? The things that we do every day, that's our life. And your morning routine looks so like spot on. Your reels are so cute. And I'm always like, yes, yes, yes. Those are all good things. So can you explain to our listeners who are maybe trying to cultivate their own morning routine, like why you do what you do and how it's positively impacted your life? And you too, Nish, if you have a morning routine, I just don't see it I mean, on Instagram. It's like the <laughs> morning routine, like literally in the world, this is wildly good at morning. Just for yeah. routine, you know, please, please take this away. Um, 
Yeah. Like I, I kind of started cultivating my morning routine maybe seven, eight years ago. And I've just been building on that just because I used to be quite anxious and I would kind of be that person who would get out of bed and run out the door. And, Mm -hmm. you know, over time I was like, there must be ways that I can circumvent this like feeling that I get in the morning. And so I started to integrate like little, little things into my morning routine. And now I have this like whole, like, you know, two hour situation, which I love and it gets me excited to wake up every single day. So, um, I I can give you like a little rundown of everything that I do, but essentially I get up, um, I'm an early riser. I'm very much a morning person. So I get up, um, have, you know, like water, obviously first thing, like skincare routine, water, and then coffee. So I, while sipping my coffee, I do uh, like a journal. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to journal. I feel like it's very therapeutic for me. Yeah. Um, and then after journaling, I usually try to get in like a 10 minute meditation. If I can't do it in the morning, then I will definitely get it in in the evening mm-hmm. um, or at some point in the day. Um, then I go out for a walk. That's like a non-negotiable for me as well. So like th- th- there's certain things that like, even if a morning isn't perfect, I'll hold on to no matter what. And a morning walk is absolutely one of them. It's really, really good for your circadian rhythm. Um, I listen to a podcast, so it's like good to help me think as well when my mind is clear. Um, so yeah, I do my walk. Nowadays, I've been going to like the gym before I was working out at home. So I just walk myself to the gym on days where I'm off. I'll just like, you know, walk around and then come back. Uh, on days that I work out, I get my workout done first thing in the morning, come home, um, get dressed and get ready for the day. I don't eat until like later on. Typically I'm not someone who gets really hungry in the morning, but those are like really just the, the building blocks. I think of a good morning routine, you're doing something for, um, your body, mind and spirit essentially. So like, that's kind of like how I think of like my mornings. So like, you know, for my, spirit or soul. Like I think of like journaling and meditation. Um, when I think of my body, it's like going outside and, uh, like either like walking or going for a workout. And, um, for my, for my mind, I'm like learning by listening to a podcast or a book. So yeah, that's like building blocks of my morning routine. It's my favorite part of the day. That's like the best. And I think a lot of what I hear is, and from you and from others is it's, keeping those cortisol levels down. So when we wake up, I used to be the same yeah. way. I'd hit snooze for like four, four times, five times. Then I'd be late and rushing and you just like leave the house and like this tornado and You're just like frazzled. Yes. And it's like, then you start to like share that with other people. And it just becomes like this state of like unrest and it's just not a good way to live. Right. So I think you know, some of what you were describing is also like to keep those cortisol levels down instead of waking up in a panic and all stressed out, like you wake up and you're excited about the day and the things that you have that are going to support that. Yeah. Also, I find that, you know, if you don't prime yourself for the day, I tend to be very reactive versus like kind of on top of things. So like, you know, you wake up and you just like roll out of bed and then you're just answering all these Slack messages and emails are coming at you and you, you don't have time to like think and organize your thoughts. And I think for me as a creative person, I just cannot function when I'm purely being reactive. My day just like goes down the drain and I don't really accomplish what I need to accomplish. So that is like kind of my safe space. And I don't really like to like for people to like impede on it. And I'm very protective of like, at least like at the very least, like 
on even the shittiest day, I will find time to journal and go out for a walk. Like that's like really the most basic. As long as I get those two things in, I'm not as reactive, you know? Yeah. Are you using like free form journal or do you use something like the five minute gratitude journal or morning pages or anything in particular? When I started my journaling practice, I was like, I, the five minute journal was my like segue into it because I, I didn't know how to journal. This is like six, seven years ago, but over time I've like built my own practice. Like I do all kinds of different techniques. Like sometimes it's, um, sometimes if I'm like in a really anxious state, I will like talk to myself, like in the third person. And I think it like really helps me break down like a, why I'm anxious, like what I need to achieve, what I think I'm missing in life at that moment in time. So like, it's almost like a, like when your higher self is talking to your lower self, if that makes sense. So it's like, if like, like literally this is how I'll write, like, Sif, like what's bothering you? And then it's like, I'll write it down. And then it's like, but why is that bothering you? And like probing, probing to like get to the core of it. So like, I'll do that sometimes. A lot of the times it's future you journaling where like I write as though, you know, I already have like the, the reality that I wish I had today or like, you know, that I'm working towards as though I already have it. Sometimes I'll do highest self journaling where I like nail down a lot of like the habits and daily practices that um, the version of myself who has like so much that I'm working towards, like, what are the things that they do? Right. Because if you think about it, you in high school or college were a very different version of you than what you are today. And it is the version of you that you're today who has all of these things, right? Because you have certain habits, you have certain practices, you have certain work ethics. And so the more specific you are about identifying those things, the more you're able to step into it. Like sometimes I'll like, you know, write a perfect day that like, what would my highest self, like what, what does their day look like? And, and I just go and do those things. So it's like clearly written out for me and I don't have to take takes the guesswork out of it. Yeah. And that leads me to manifestation. We had started talking about this a little bit at dinner the other night. And I'm curious, did you manifest this business? Like, did you manifest what this life would look like and envision this and where you are today? Was that something that you consciously put into motion through journaling or meditation or manifestation practices? Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> I love that. It works. See, listen, everyone. <laughs> it really does. Like I'll go back and read like old journal entries sometimes. And I'm like, holy crap, like I wrote about all of this and it's like, I prophesized it, but I really, really buy into this stuff. Like it is my entire life. I think like I am so specific about things that I manifest and typically like I will get those specific things. Like it's just, it's crazy to me. Like sometimes I'll look on an old vision board and I'm like, oh my God, like all of that has transpired. <laughs> like, it's, I mean, it really works. Like, I, I mean, I, I live my life by it. It's, it's been something I've worked on since 2014. That's when I got into manifestation and it's, you know, I'm always trying to learn and grow and add new practices in, but, and I've gotten like mission to it a little bit as well. So, you know, yeah, I, I it's, it's just really funny because I think that, uh, men and women just think in, in very, very different ways. Yeah. Like when, when we think about this kind of stuff, everything I've wanted in the last 10 years has come true as well, but I've never actually thought of it in the sense of manifestation. Whereas yeah. I, I hear Sif and all of her friends talk about it in this very specific way. I really think we're all doing the same things. It's just that you weighed, unfortunately, the way you speak to different genders is just has to be a little bit different so they understand it. And so the way it clicks for me is so different the way that, um, for example, it clicks for Sif. Yeah. But uh, it's essentially the same thing. We're really just trying to 
live our best lives here, right? So. And you believe it. So for you, I'm guessing that you didn't consciously manifest, but you believed it. You knew it was going to happen. You knew it was true. You believed it. And therefore it is. And so if you consciously cultivated that. Yeah, I think that one thing that Nish and I have in common and something that I really admire about Nish and why I think we click so well is that we both have like really, really like we're like big on gross mindset. And I I don't think either of us have had like limiting thoughts on what we think is possible for the future. So like it's really interesting that like sometimes we'll be on vacation. We're just like chatting. Right. And like we see like, I don't know, like a crazy hotel or like whatever it is. Right. And we're like, Oh yeah, like we'll stay there. And it's it's not even that we're close to it today. It's just that we really have always believed that like if we put our mind to something and hustle and like, you know, come at it from the right place, we can achieve whatever it is we want to achieve in life. And you have. I mean, you you've done it. So far you've done what you've set out to do. So it's proof, you know, it's and that reinforces that too, that manifestation muscle, I think. Yeah, I don't from that perspective is super super lucky i think that that was one of the most uh one of the things that we found really attractive about each other was just like yeah. look i don't want to ever be in a place where i'm doing something because it's from because i'm limited by it like yeah. for example i don't want to move to the suburbs because i have to move to the suburbs because how's it like just getting something people too do expensive in the city right. like that is not a life i'm living in. like that's never that's never going to be me i would rather just figure out how to buy the house in the city. Yeah, yeah like this is, this is such a good thing that he brings up because I remember when I was younger, I like, I was just someone like literally when I was like 12 where I was like, I will never live in the suburbs. Like I'm a city girl, like I love the city. <laughs> and I remember my dad being like, okay, but what about when you're older and your husband wants to move to the suburbs? And I'm like, I won't marry that kind of guy. <laughs> My guy is going to be just like me and we're going to figure it out. And I've known this for so long. And it's like oh really God. interesting for me to have like landed up with Nish who like literally it's like the same. And it's like, why would we do that? We'll figure it out. You know? Right. Right. That's so good. You're on the same page. My husband and I are very similar. We both moved to LA before we met each other, but for the same reason, like he was living in Gainesville, Florida. And he's like, this life is just I can't just live here forever. This is too boring. Yeah. I'm going to LA and I was already here. And so we have that common thread, that common mindset that like, this is where we want to be. So we'll do what we need to do to make it happen. Just because he's 47 and I'm 40 doesn't mean we need to live, you know, in the suburbs and 100%. see the city. So I get it. 100%. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Um, so what's next for Array and where can everyone find you? So we have a really exciting launch coming up in July. So, you know, everyone follow along. You guys will see what it is. It's really exciting. Um, and yeah, we're really looking forward to that. Nish and I are working hard to make sure that it's really successful. We love the product is all we will say for now. And you can find <laughs> us um, on Array.com. That's where you can shop our products. You can find us on social media at Array.co. And um, on both Instagram and TikTok. Yeah. Ooh, TikTok now. Yeah, we do a lot of TikTok. We, we're trying to get better at it. I don't think we're there yet, but oh my gosh, Seth and I used to do all these silly videos on TikTok all the time. It was so much fun. Uh, yeah, and then you can find uh, Sif at Sif Hyder on Instagram. You can find me at Plenty of Niche on Instagram. And uh, we're really excited. I think at the end of the day, we just want people to live uh, the best lives so they can uh, feel the best version of themselves. And that's what the company is all about. So as long as we're alive, I think our mission is just to make people feel the best person themselves. And then everything we'll ever do will be along with that. Um, but yeah. 
I love that. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to rate and review, and also follow along on Instagram at holistic.w.kristen, and I will see you soon.